Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hey, hey, and welcome back. Uh, This episode, we're going to be talking about road rage. But before that, I wanted to take a minute out because I don't think I ever had across all of these podcasts that I've done. This This will be podcast number 53 for us so almost nearly uh, four and a half years of doing podcasts we turn these out about once a month or try to and you know the self-initiative project generally was founded on the premise that we're all responsible for our personal safety and preparedness and so this podcast was created to focus in those areas of personal safety and preparedness and I've said it many times over the course of doing these podcasts and if you've listened to us before now uh, you know that um, you know my philosophy is is I can't teach anything to anyone but maybe I can make someone think so if you are able or someone's able to take away one nugget of information that maybe makes them think about things differently or do something different for their personal safety or preparedness that they had not thought of or done before, then that's great. I've done my job. But if this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to take a moment to welcome you and say thanks for listening. You have a lot of choices out there in podcast land, and uh, I'm grateful that you decided to take a listen to the Self-Initiative Project podcast. And so, yeah, today we want to talk about road rage as a topic that is, I think, on everyone's mind, at least at some given point in time, depending on where you look, statistics say that 80 plus percent of us have experienced road rage at some point in time. And I bet, you know, depending on where the definition of road rage you get, where you get your definition of road rage, I bet even a large portion of us have been guilty of some degree of road rage in our lifetimes. So what is road rage? Well, it's different from aggressive driving, right? I'm sure we've all been guilty at one point in time in our lives of being an intentional aggressive driver. That might look like excessive speeding at points and times, you know, going faster than most of traffic. I admit that I'm a spirited driver myself, but it also may be, you know, weaving in and out of traffic as well. Road rage, on the other hand, takes that to a whole new level. And so, you know, depending on the source, I'll give you uh, a handful of definitions of what road rage is. And, uh, you know, you already have some sense. Oxford Languages describes it as violent anger caused by the stress and frustration involved in driving a motor vehicle in difficult conditions. Okay. Merriam-Webster describes it as a motorist's uncontrolled anger that is usually provoked by another motorist's irritating act and is expressed in aggressive or violent behavior. That's a pretty solid definition. Bankrate describes it as extreme deliberate unsafe driving that poses an immediate and significant risk to property or, you know, another person, obviously. So what are the three reasons for, three causes for road rage? One is congested roadways, right? Traffic. We all know traffic can be extremely stressful and, you know, it's easy to get pissed off in traffic with some of the stuff that goes on out there. So just heavy, heavy traffic, heavy volumes of traffic, and then the other two main cited reasons are display, displaced anger. You know, some people just don't have control of their emotions, their anger, and they don't uh, 
have the ability to control timing or place when they express that anger. And then lastly is just all different types of stress, right? In addition to what's going on out there in traffic directly, you know, folks have a lot of things going on in their life, whether it's, you know, relationship issues or, um, you know, maybe working remote at least a good deal of the time now, the way things are, you know, being cooped up, suffering cabin fever, uh, might cause you to be quicker to anger than you might normally would. You know, there's a lot of things, and I've said it a lot over the years, too, that, you know, it seems like there's a tremendous amount of prescription medications, certainly advertised and promoted, um, and people are looking for quick fixes. So I, I got to think that prescription medication is playing some sort of role to some degree um, out there in as far as people having uh, stronger emotions than what they m- might normally have, but certainly altered mental states to varying degrees, right? I think that's legit. And then I've had the conversation recently with some folks about I feel like mental illness now in general is a real thing. And I don't know that it's on the rise, but I I think that it's out there more than we're willing to talk about and address. So uh, those three reasons, traffic, um, displacement of anger, and then general stressors, plus all those other things, I think could culminate to <laughs> generate some of the road rage that we know that goes on out there. Generally, cutting someone off in traffic is supposed to be the number one cause of road rage, or at least one of the top reasons causing of road rage. But tailgating is uh, uh, one of the top signs that road rage is happening, right? And I know I can I can think of many times that I've been in traffic and have someone get right up on my bumper. And yeah, there's probably been a few times where I know I've cut someone off and i'm not saying intentionally right just not paying attention to there being enough distance or whatever um but i've been tailgated before you know and then of course yelling and profanity honking your horn and i can say right now that if honking horns is a form of road rage i think it's safe to say probably everyone that's ever honked their horn has been guilty of road rage at some point in time i don't know that i agree with that because if they're defining road rage or honking of one's horn is road rage then why do they have horns on vehicles in the first place but um tailgating yelling and profanity uh honking one's horn um and and of course cutting them off or running them off the road in the most extreme cases are all signs of road rage right it's more about the response seeing someone driving fast through traffic or you know changing lanes abruptly in traffic that's aggressive driving certainly uh and perhaps someone that's been slided or feels slighted is trying to catch up to the individual that slighted them and you'll see that manifest itself as road rage but um those are just some signs to be on the look lookout for and you know with 80 plus percent of the population having experienced it in one shape form or fashion i am more than certain you can probably think back to a time you were out driving uh where something happened either you did something either intentionally or maybe by accident maybe you weren't paying attention as best as you could should have been um but i i bet it's safe to assume that we've all experienced some form of road rage even if we haven't been the immediate 
instigators and with that being said we've probably or a large portion of us have probably seen road rage going down right beside us or nearby i know i've seen some people get out of cars and confront others at stoplights or uh, stop signs certainly is road rage on the rise some say that it is and i think that it's completely plausible that it could very well be Uh, again i think prescription medications or uh, drugs or alcohol uh, could play a part on it i certainly think the with the propensity of prescription medications out there in the world and being promoted left and right and doctors prescribing them left and right i think medication could be a large contributor to people not being able to keep themselves in check or just not being in the right state of mind to begin with there are certainly people that struggle with keeping their anger in check and having issues with anger and not being able to temper themselves when confronted with aggression or uh, a, a perceived threat, no matter how small. And then the stress of daily life, whether it's work, home life, maybe we're just tired. Uh, I think a possible contribution today, because the world has changed with this quote unquote pandemic, you know, a lot of folks are working from home remotely. And that's great because it has potentially reduced the volume of traffic and cut down emissions and the amount of gas we consume. But with that being said, there's still a lot of people on the road today. I see it all the time when I go out. And I think working remote and being home all the time is fantastic for a lot of folks. But for a lot of folks, it can be stressful because they get cabin fever or they're tired of feeling pent up all the time. And so they get out for an escape. They get out for a release. But the reality of it is they're stressed the day to day. And then there's a lot going on in the world, too. Uh, you know, there's a war going on right now. Uh, our government is changing things rapidly, it would seem. Inflation is up. While they've redefined supposedly what a recession is, are we really in a recession right now? Don't know, can't say. Gas prices have been up. Of course, they are come back down a little bit now again, but gas prices have been up. Um, my point is, is that there's a lot of outside stress factors in addition to internal stress factors all that could be contributing to road rage and you know the thing with road rage like a lot of things that happen to us if we're not paying attention or if we're not working and doing our due diligence to avoid them you don't know how far someone's willing to go you don't know really how out of control their anger is or what frame of mind there is so it's really important that we work to avoid these situations so that's really what i wanted to talk about and so what should we be doing when we're out on the roads out in traffic or we observe others that are maybe engaging in aggressive behaviors or maybe escalated to road rage and you know much like any other situation our personal safety adventures is we want to do our best to avoid or stay away so if we want to see if we see something we want to steer clear of it but what happens if you find yourself in a situation well first of all let's back up for a minute let's work really hard to be conscientious of others on the on the road i can't tell you how many times i've thought to myself that the person in front of me or whatever is driving like they own the place and they're the only ones out here and they're completely oblivious to any others around them whether they 
pull out in front of you or run a stop light or stop sign, whatever it is, change lanes right in front of you, almost taking off your front bumper, whatever it is. You know, when we witness behaviors like this or we feel that it shouldn't have happened or that it's upset you, it's important that we're able to keep that feeling of being angered in control and just let it go. Now, again, if they're considering honking horn road rage, I don't know what to say about that. But in my mind, there's nothing wrong with blowing my horn at someone that's doing something up ahead that's uh, out of line or needs to get their attention. If nothing else, sitting through a green light. Is that aggression? I don't know. I guess some would say it is. I wouldn't. But the point is, is that when things happen to us, We need to do our best to keep our emotions and our egos in check so it doesn't escalate to a point that we may not be able to get back out of again. So that's first and foremost. It's kind of the we want to be situationally aware at all times, but that means also being aware of ourselves and our own emotions and our own thoughts and then taking the extra step to keep ourselves in check so we don't engage and potentially cause a situation that otherwise would have gone by. Sure, the other person is a numbskull because they're not paying attention and they're doing their thing and, and, you know, causing havoc or whatever, but that doesn't give us the right to engage and, um, you know, respond in kind, so to speak. So that's first and foremost. But what happens if you find yourself in a situation Well, first of all, do your best not to further it. In other words, if you're being tailgated, which again is a a top sign of road rage, um, you know, don't don't try to break check them and engage in that behavior. You know, you might want to consider speeding up a little bit more than what you normally did, not to be breaking any speed records or speed limits or anything like that, but just furthering the distance between you and them if you think that you're being followed the last thing you want to do is go home because you don't want this crazy person that's in incensed enraged following you to your place of residence that's first and foremost so especially if it's after dark or you're by yourself whatever it might be You want to find if you do believe that the person that's tailgating you or otherwise, you just think that you're being followed because you've noticed they've made the same last three turns as you have, whatever it might be. What you want to do is drive to a police station or a fire station or just a well lit if it's after dark, a well lit, very public, very busy place. Usually people don't want to be seen or get caught when they're acting like an idiot. So that should get you out of that situation. But what if it's up from there? What if you find yourself stopped at a stoplight or a stop sign and you notice the person's getting out of their car? Well, if you have an opportunity to get out of there, that's what you want to do. You want to go ahead and move forward and drive on. That's first. But if they get up to your car and hopefully you're situationally aware when you're at stop lights and stop signs, You don't want to crack the window. You don't want to engage in verbal whatever. You don't want to crack the window because you shouldn't be worried about engaging with them verbally, but you also don't want to put a crack in your window because it gives them the opportunity potentially to reach through the window, 
But when you roll down your window even a little bit, it makes it ever so slightly easier to break that glass. And that's what you don't want. And you can go online anytime and see plenty of incidents recorded by smartphones and whatever inside vehicles of people banging on people's windows incensed, you know, just completely angered at whatever they think happened in traffic or whatever they think the victim, so to speak, did to them to slight them in traffic. Uh, And then most recently, I watched a video with a guy, I think it was in Australia, in fact, where a guy was beating on the glass and hit it, did a palm strike on the side window and then punched it again and shattered the window. So, you know, things can escalate quickly and you can't know what their intent is. Maybe they're just weak and intimidating the driver that they think slighted them because they realize it's a female, right? And it's a man just knowing that he can probably get away being a complete jerk and yelling and cussing at her because she's less likely to respond in a negative fashion. You just don't know. You don't know what's in the hearts of men, right? That's something you've heard. Uh, You don't know where the intent is. So you want to try to get yourself out of there, and then you certainly don't want to find yourself engaging. Now, if there's an immediate threat, I'm not going to tell you what to do legally or otherwise, but if there's immediate threat with a weapon, you may have to make some different decisions for yourself that only you can do that. Uh, otherwise you definitely want to first try to get out of there and then secondly, not engage. So some of the things that we can be doing ahead of time, uh, to make sure that we're on point for responding appropriately, should we see something happening? Should we see that person walking up from behind us in traffic? Is that, as I've already mentioned, you want to be paying attention. Yes. Even when you're in your car with your windows up and your doors locked, you want to be paying attention to things that are going on around you, especially in crowded traffic. And especially if you think you you have been involved in a situation of road rage, right? You know, you've cut someone off either intentionally or even by accident, they've been tailgating you for the last half mile, whatever it is, you certainly, your alert should definitely remain in high, on high when you come to a stoplight or a stop sign. So that's first and foremost, paying attention And this is another argument why you shouldn't pick up that smartphone when you're at a stoplight or a stop sign, because you need to be paying attention at all times. And as we've talked about in past podcasts, uh, the other thing that you want to do in traffic, regardless of whether you think you might be a victim of road rage or not, is you want to keep distance between yourself and the vehicle in front of you. And what that means is, the general rule of thumb is, is that You want to stay back far enough where you can just see their rear tires. Now, you don't have to see the entire rear, uh, their entire, the entirety of their rear tires, if I can talk, but you want to make sure that you see a good chunk of their rear tires. And the reason why that is, is because for most vehicles is that's generally enough room for you to work your way around them. So that gives you a, a way out. And that's really your first course of action if you find yourself in a situation is to get the heck out of there if you can. Now, in traffic stopped, you may not be able to. But the point is, is that as soon as you have that capability, that's where your mind should be is finding a way out of there. The scary part to me is that there seems to be. And again, the numbers aren't anything staggering, 
comparatively speaking to past incidents, it would seem that murders are on the rise. And so, you know, the extremities of road rage is, is bumping into cars, running them off the road. I can remember when I was in college, I can't remember all the situation. I may have accidentally cut someone off coming down the highway outside of Atlanta. I don't remember exactly, but I remember this gentleman in a little subcompact two-door car, red car, I remember it vividly, red car. He pulled up along the side of me and got just edged out in front of me and did an immediate swerve into my lane to try to run me off the road. I never will forget that. And he did it the first time and did then did it another one or two times after that, trying to run me off the road for whatever slight he thought I did. And I don't remember having a an aggressive thought, not saying I didn't because I was in my early 20s at that point. But uh, I remember that very vividly. So, you know, bumping into people, running them off the road which could be very dangerous for the other driver, right? Or for property as well, damaging property, uh, certainly. And then last but not least, you know, getting in a fish fight on the side of the road or worst case scenario, being shot in the face uh, because the person just could not keep themselves in check. So this is why avoidance, paying attention and avoidance is so key. Just be cognizant of the fact that there are some people out there that can't keep themselves in check and those are the ones we want to try to avoid and we can spot them because they're the ones acting a fool in traffic in the first place and so really that avoidance piece and trying to get out of there safely is the best things that we can do for ourselves and not engaging and with that we'll wrap things up thanks so much for listening if this happens to be your first time listening in to the self-initiative project we appreciate you being here Again, if this is your first time, welcome, and we hope you come back and listen again. We have 52 other previous episodes we'd love for you to go back. I'm sure you can find something of interest to you within those, and uh, we look forward to seeing you the next time. Thanks so much. <music>